Happy Saturday, a happy weekend to you, and thank you for making us a part of your weekend right here on CBS Sports Radio. All right, we are one month into the college football season. One month, four games. That's enough of a sample size to really start to decide and realize who teams are. Right, so I want to debut the first ever Ryan Hickey poll and give you the top five college football teams right now through the first month of the season. Because for me, unlike the AP poll, I am going based on how teams have looked and who they have played. Which is how, frankly, every poll should be done every single year. It should be just about that season. But I think so far through the first month, the AP poll has allowed too much previous success from different seasons to bleed into this year's poll. So the Ryan Hickey poll, again, is all about how your team is playing so so far through the first month and who they have played. All right, I'll give you my top five. Let's start at number one. The best team in college football so far, in my opinion, through the first month has been, drumroll please, Ohio State. Ohio State is number one, followed by Oregon at two, Washington three, Texas coming in at four, and Florida State at number five. No Georgia, no Michigan. I'll explain them in a second here, but at least to give you my rationale for the top five uh, in that order, here it is. Ohio State has the best resume of any college football team to the first month of the season. They just last week got a top 10 road win at Notre Dame. I don't care that it was ugly. I don't care that, frankly, they didn't really exude a lot of confidence coming out of that game. Like I still look in the Big Ten overall. I still think Penn State's going to beat Ohio State. I still think Michigan's going to beat Ohio State. I don't think Mich- uh, excuse me, Ohio State is the best team in the Big Ten. But so far in this poll, through the first month, they have the best win of any team in college football on the road at number 9, Notre Dame. You also have a conference road win as well over Indiana. They, to me, have the best resume in college football. And so even though there was not a lot of style points when it came to beating the Irish, they won the game. And last time I checked, as Herm Edwards said, you play to win the game. I'm not going to penalize them for winning a top 10 road game because it was ugly. Because it wasn't sexy, quote-unquote. They won. They deserve the credit through four weeks. Again, this is not a projection. I'm not telling you Ohio State's won the national title or is going to finish number one at the end of the season. This is strictly through the first four weeks. Who has been the best team so far in the sport? For me, it's Ohio State. Buckeyes are number one, followed by Oregon and number two. You look at the Ducks. They have been one of the most consistently dominant offensive teams in the country. Bo Nix has been tremendous. I love the Heisman campaign, Bo Dacious. He has lived up to everything so far coming back this season for the Ducks. He's been tremendous with his arm. He's been great with his legs. The Oregon offense has shown you multiple ways they can can beat you in the air, on the ground. Defense has been really good, fast, ferocious, physical. They have a nice win over Colorado. Actually, a really nice win over a ranked Colorado team, thrashing them 42-6. to 
a win over a Power 5 opponent in Texas Tech on the road. So they have, again, right now, so far, solid resume. But they have been clicking, especially on offense, to where they, to me, have been one of the more consistent teams. That's going to be a theme of this poll. Consistent. They have played really good so far for basically the entirety of the month. That's why, to me, they are number two. And their strength of schedule is why they are ahead of fellow Pac-12 foe Washington. Washington, outside of USC, has been the most exciting and explosive offense in the country. Michael Penix Jr. is a blast to watch. If you've not had a chance to watch him yet, I could, could could not suggest more. Whether it's at night, get a little coffee. You know, they play Oregon in a few weeks. That's going to be a nationally televised game, so get ready for that. But find a way in the next few weeks, if you haven't yet already, to watch Michael Penix Jr., watch what I would say right now through the first month has been the best wide receiver room in the, in college football, and watch this explosive, fun Huskies offense go to work. The only reason why they're not number one or number two in my poll is because their strength of schedule is terrible. Michigan State's awful. Boise State right now is probably, you know, it is their best win so far of the early season. Cal's not very good. So they don't have the win over a ranked Colorado team like Oregon does or a win over a ranked Notre Dame team on the road like Ohio State does. Otherwise, Washington has been one of the most consistent teams and one of the most explosive teams in college football through the first month. That is why they are number three in my poll. They've been a joy a blast to watch. Texas comes in at number four. Great uh, road win over Alabama. And Alabama was a top five team. Tuscaloosa is a really hard place. Uh, really hard place to win. Alabama was, I think off the top of my head, was 52-1 and one in their last 53 home games at Bryant-Denny Stadium before, again, the Longhorns went in there and won. So really good win. The reason why Texas, even though they have a better strength of schedule, by beating Alabama in a more impressive win than Washington has or even Oregon has. The reason why Texas is behind both those Pac-12 teams is because they've been too much of a roller coaster in the month of September. The Rice game, not great. Did not instill a lot of confidence. Now, there people have argued and made a good point that, look, hey, look, they were not putting anything on tape. They're saving a lot for Alabama in week number two. And they won that game, so I'll give them credit for it. They played well. That Rice game will throw out. But, you look at the the next week after you beat Alabama. You're at home in the fourth quarter against Wyoming, and the score is 10-10. Tied in the fourth quarter at home against Wyoming. Can't have that. Cannot have that. Been a little bit of a roller coaster up and down so far, Texas has, through the first four weeks of the season. Again, really impressive win in Alabama. Dominated Baylor last week. Solid resume. Top five team in my poll. Because right now behind Oregon, Washington, and Ohio State. Because they've been a little too up and down for my liking so far. Fifth and finally, it is Florida State. Now I will say, late switcheroo. I did have Utah here number five. Because the fact that they were undefeated without Cam Rising I think is very impressive. But the Utes on Friday night did get upset by number 19, Oregon State. Um... In that one, so that, with the first loss of the season, did drop the Utes out of my top five. So Florida State does rise up. Here's my thing with Florida State. They have a good resume on paper. 
right? Went over LSU with a neutral site game when LSU was number five in the country preseason. Went over Clemson on the road. Their resume looks better than it really is. Their resume, I think, makes Florida State so far look better than they are. LSU is not a bad team. But are they the world beaters? Are they the college football playoff contender? Are they the national title contender? A lot of people, including myself, thought before the season. I think so far through four games, the answer is no. The answer is no. LSU is not as good as I thought they would be. They've not played particularly well, especially last week against Arkansas. And so they've been a little bit up and down. And they have not been, again, that's not one of those games where you point to week number one and say, oh, well, they just got, you know, boat raced by Florida State. Florida State's a really good, really good team. But here's LSU taking every other team to the woodshed after that. Haven't been able to do that um, since that game. And you look at Florida State, narrow escape against Boston College two weeks ago, in which they needed some luck to get out of that one. Narrow escape against Clemson, in which they needed a lot of luck to get get through that one where you had a strip sack to tie the game. You needed a missed 29-yard field goal and Dabo Sweeney completely, completely making every possible wrong decision in order to sabotage his own team at the end of the game to put them in a tough spot to win. They needed all of that to go their way in order to win the game, escape Death Valley, and still remain 4-0. Florida State's playing a, they're playing a dangerous game. They're playing a dangerous game in the sense that they can really only win one way, and that scares me. They can only win by passing the ball. That's it. They can't rely on their run game to bail them out. They can't rely on their defense to bail them out. I don't like a fa- the fact that this team is so top-heavy, um, is so one-dimensional. They have a good quarterback in Jordan Travis. Keon Coleman leads the uh, really solid receiver group, so it's not like they have no talent there. Don't get me wrong, they do. But I just don't like the fact that right now we're looking at a Florida State team that since that impressive LSU win has gone backwards. LSU has gone backwards. That win is starting to look less and less impressive. But Florida State, even though they haven't lost, they've been going backwards. And the way they're playing, I can't sit here, even though the ACC schedule the rest of the way is not very daunting or challenging, I can't sit here and tell you they're running the table and going undefeated in the ACC. I can't sit here and tell you that come conference championship weekend, we're talking about a 12-0 team trying to be 13-0. I think they're losing at least one game. And because their strength of schedule is not going to be as strong as other teams in the Big Ten and the Pac-12, I don't think Florida State's a lock whatsoever. To make the college football play if they're sitting there at 12 and 1. I don't. So LSU, uh, I keep saying LSU, Florida State, excuse me, they're flirting. They're flirting too close to danger for my liking to be right now one of those teams that you feel really good about. But again, in my poll, to their credit, LSU is a better win right now than anything Georgia has or Michigan has. Clemson, same thing. So their resume, even though I'm still skeptical of it, and I'm still skeptical about how well-rounded Florida State can be. Still, for right now, through the first month, they are fifth on my Hickey, Ryan Hickey, first month of September college football poll. So Ohio State 1, Oregon 2, Washington 3, 
Texas four, Florida State five. I want to ask you this question here at 855-212-4227. Who has been through the first month of the season the best college football team in the country? You may notice in my poll, no Georgia, no Michigan. That's because they haven't earned it. Like, what has Georgia done to the first month that tells you right now they are a top five team? I don't want to hear about their national title last year or the year before that. That's irrelevant when it comes to 2023. Because last time I checked, a lot of those players that won in 2021 and 2022 are not on the roster here in 2023. A lot have gone to the NFL. Their 21-game win streak has no bearing about how, you know, well, they've played so far through the first four weeks. They're down 14-3 at halftime at home against South Carolina. You won the game. That should have been a team you blew out. You're four touchdown favorites. And the other three games they've played, they have played UAB, Ball State, UT Martin. Georgia has not dominated all four opponents the way you think they should. And they've not played anyone of substance it has me thinking, oh, that's an impressive win. That has them in the top five. That's a better resume builder than any of the other teams we listed in the top five. Maybe outside of Washington, maybe. All the other four teams, or every other team, I should say, easily has a better win, arguably two, over Georgia compared to uh, the dog schedule. But the reason why Washington is in and Georgia's not is Washington has been consistently dominant consistently dominant every game they played. Georgia's not been. And so past experiences, past success has no impact on my 2023 polls about this year and this year only. And so far through four games, I have not been that impressed with Georgia. I have not been that impressed with Michigan. Again, they've played nobody. Similar to Georgia. It's been East Carolina, Bowling Green, Rutgers, and another bad team thrown in there as well. You're playing no one, so you have no chance to impress. You are closer than you should have been at home uh, at halftime against Bowling Green. Closer than you should have been in the first half against Rutgers last week. So again, you're not playing great competition, but you're also not dominating them from the first, you know, play of the game and leaving no doubt right away. Georgia, there was some doubt. Michigan has played with some doubt this year. So for me... No impressive win. No consistent high level of play. Not good enough right now to be in my top five. So Ohio State, one. Oregon, two. Washington, three. Texas, four. Florida State, five. Those, to me, are the five best college football teams so far through the month of September because they have the resumes and they have the consistency. Something Georgia can't say. Something Michigan can't say. That is why Ohio State, especially right now in my poll, is number one. Love to hear your thoughts on this. 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. You can tweet me at Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three. Who do you think so far through the first month of the college football season has been the most impressive? Don't call it a comeback. Here comes the U.S. in the Ryder Cup. Brian Harmon, Max Homa, 
win their match play. Now it's seven and a half for the Europeans, two and a half for us Americans. Not great. Not great start so far in the Ryder Cup. Yeah, Brooks Kepka and Scotty Scheffler absolutely just get roasted. Roasted in their match earlier today. Historically, the, the biggest blowout in Ryder Cup history. So it's not great. Not great so far, but Americans showing a little fight. I, I, I lied. It was I said seven and a half to two and a half. It's eight and a half to two and a half. Team Europe over Team USA on day two here of the Ryder Cup over in Italy. Let's go, fellas. Come on. We'll come back here. Don't call it a... Don't call it a comeback just yet. All right. Talking college football here. Asking who is right now the best team through one month. Results on the field. Who teams have beaten. How they have looked. Who has been through the first month of the season? The best team in college football. I think it's Ohio State. I think it's Ohio State because they have the best win right now of any team beating number nine Notre Dame in their house. Also have a conference road win. I get it's Indiana, but it's still a conference road win. That combo to me, through the first month of the season, better than anything anyone else has. So this is not a projection. I'm not sitting here telling you Ohio State's going to be number one in November or December or in January and win the national title. I'm just saying, from what we've seen so far through the first month of the season, I think Ohio State has been the best team in college football. How about yourself? 855-212-4227. Brad is calling from Alabama. What's up, Brad? Good morning. How are you? Good, Brad. Hopefully you're doing well, too, man. What's on your mind? Well, first off, I want to say roll tide. And no, we should not be anywhere near the top. We are where we should be. I respect that admission, Brad. I really do. Uh, I was at the Bama-Texas game. First oh. time I've ever been to a Bama game when they got beat, and it was it was pretty sad. And what'd but, you do? I mean, unfortunately, my team stinks, so I've been used to walking out of the stadium dejected before. What was that like? Uh, well, I don't know. I, I actually had to revert to some friends of mine that are Auburn fans to Jeez. ask them how they get through a college football season because oh, we're not used to this. I respect that, Brad. Throw a little dig at the arch rival. (laughs) That's exactly right. Well, it's hard to argue your point as far as Ohio State, but I would put Oregon number one. I'd put Ohio State down the list a little bit. Because of how Oregon's played? Yes, I like the way they've played. And last week against Colorado, I mean, dude, they just – maybe Colorado was a little overhyped because of the whole Dion situation. It was – Maybe they were higher than they should have been, should have been because everybody's kind of, you know, the spotlight was on them. And we'll find out more about them today. If if USC comes in there and they absolutely demolish them, then Colorado needs to go back to being the most irrelevant program in America, like they have been for the last decade. I, I don't think that's going to happen, Brad. I still think people are going to be uh, appreciate the call, but I'd still be interested in Dion seeing what he can do, but. Definitely take some wind out of the sails for sure after the 3-0 start to get smoked by Oregon and then get housed by USC in back-to-back games. Jonathan's calling from Miami. What's up, Jonathan? Hey, what's going on, man? I'm not going to lie to you. I'm a, a first-time listener and a first-time caller. I'm here getting back from work. Awesome, uh, man. Thanks I'm for not, making the call. 
Nah, man. Appreciate you. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, man. I haven't really been into too much college football this year. Uh, you know, I'm from Miami, so uh, I'm a Canes fan, even though I have no relationship to the University of Miami whatsoever. But you know, just growing up as a Canes fan, right? Uh, I see the Canes are doing good. I, I, I see that a lot of the uh, problems that they had last year are uh, getting to somewhat of a resolve now. I mean, the offensive line looks a lot better. Uh, again, I mean, I haven't really been too much into uh, uh, college football this year, but uh, I mean, it, 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 again, it's insane to me that that Florida State's up there in, the, in that top five. Uh, just let me ask, uh, wh- what do you think of the Canes this year? What do you, wh- where do you think the Canes uh, end up in, in terms of their standings? I like them because you're right, John. They came with a lot of questions, and I'll be honest, I did not really know what to expect in year number two of Mario Cristobal because year one was ugly. They had a lot of issues, and I just truly was not sure if they're able to turn it around. I like Tyler Van Dyke as a quarterback. He has a lot of talent, but again, last year, injuries, bad offensive line play, even maybe questionable play calling as well, I think all contributed to what was a really down year. But like you said, especially that Texas A&M game where, again, you're going against a really talented team to see that offense, especially step up. I mean, look, I don't think it's crazy if you're a Miami fan to to expect to be in the ACC title game. I think you can beat yeah, Clemson. Florida State, I think, again, is to me, is not invincible. And Duke is a really tough, grinded-out team. Other than that, should breeze through your way through the ACC. I mean, hell, last year uh, when we lost to Texas A&M, again, I, I do remember that the level of competition before that game was not as uh, intense. But I do remember that after that Texas A&M game, everything just kind of fell apart. Uh, this year around, I mean, again, you know, we, we, we ended up mopping the floor with them, of course. Again, still uh, a very talented team. With the, uh, I, know, I know that every year that they have some high expectations. But, uh, again, I mean, like, you know, again, being a Miami fan, you know, you, you see what happened with uh, the Dolphins in Denver. Again, it's Denver, but it's an NFL team regardless, you know, putting up 70 points. With, with uh, uh, the Canes, uh, you know, I guess the, 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 the question I'm begging here is, is the U back? Is the U really back? Because, I mean, you know, yeah, yeah uh, last year, it wasn't Crystal Ball's locker room, per se. Uh, exactly what you said, they had a lot of problems. You know, a lot of injuries, of course. But at the end of the day, you know, yeah, Crystal Ball was coming in. He had a lot of guys from the Manny Diaz era, uh, uh, of course. This year, I think that he's done a better job of, uh, of getting that locker room more behind him and, uh, you know, recruiting players that – that are willing to play for him. The first year was kind of sketch. This year, though, I mean, dude, I mean, the biggest problem last year was that offensive line. This year, the offensive line looks great. But, uh, again, let, uh, let's just put it into, into lame's terms. Is the U back, per se, or? No. No, I'm going to say no, Jonathan, for two reasons. And I appreciate the call, buddy. Number one, you got to have a big win, right? You got to have a big win here for Miami. Texas A&M does not count as a big win. Jimbo Fisher, I think, is on his way out and is going to get himself fired at the end of the season. We're talking about big win over Florida State, big win over Clemson, getting to a New Year's Six game, winning that. But it's not just getting a big win. It's consistency. That's the biggest thing for Texas. When anytime they would win one game, it's, we're back, baby. Texas is back. Miami kind of falls on a similar line where everyone wants them to be back and thinks of like the glory days of the 80s and the 90s. Here is where Miami truly will be back. When they have a three- or four-year run where they are winning the ACC, making the college football playoff, maybe making a college football semifinal or championship and winning a national title, you have to do it also not just win big games, but then do it consistently. That's how you truly are back. right? Miami is one of the most dominant programs we've seen. 
to get back to that level. Like that's when we're talking about back. That's what we're talking about, right? 80s, early 2000s. All these guys that put in the NFL, all these, you know, games they won. In order to be back to that level, you got to do it. So Miami's not going to be back after one win over AM or one good season under Mario Cristobal. They're going to be back when each and every year now we'll look at them as a legitimate title contender or bare minimum a legitimate playoff contender. Miami's not there yet. Not there yet. We go to the state of Michigan. Ken is calling. What's up, Ken? Hey, Ryan. How are we doing tonight? Good, buddy. What's on your mind, man? Well, just listening to the show. Good show as always. Uh, I, I see your Penn State fellas put a throw of beat down on Iowa there last Saturday. You know what they did, Ken? TCB. Took care of business. Yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a slow first half, but you, uh, you took care of it in the second half. Speaking of slow first half, what's going on in your Michigan squad, Ken? Well, you know what? We're leading the nation in the scoring defense, so we're still plugging and playing guys on the offensive line. Uh, Donovan Edwards hasn't quite got up to speed yet, but uh, we're, we're going to be just fine because J.J. is a much better quarterback than what he was last year. He had that uh, bad game against Bowling Green, but he even admitted after the game that, hey, you know, I was being a little cocky. Uh, Throwing a few things I couldn't throw, but uh, no, we're going to be all right. And uh, when it comes down to that game in November against the ladies from Columbus, we're going to put a thorough whipping on them because they lost both their tackles in the center to the draft. So they plugged in some transfer portal guys, and they haven't seen a defensive pass rush like like we got this year. So we're going to we're going to clean them up. All right, like the confidence. All right, Ken, I like the confidence from Michigan. No surprise there. Appreciate the call, buddy. Good luck against Nebraska later today. But at least for Michigan, slow start. Again, not in my top five right now to start the season. No reason to panic because they have two great chances in November against Penn State and Ohio State to uh, move their way up. But so far, a little bit of a slow start for Michigan. Part of the reason why they are not right now. In the top five. Okay, really fast here before we do get to Marco Belletti's latest CBS Sports Radio update. That's this. One team is making a big statement here on Saturday. I think it's going to be USC, but specifically, USC's defense. They get trashed, and for the most part, since last year, since Lincoln Riley got there, rightfully so. That's been a bad defense, and that defense has been the reason why last year they missed a college football playoff. And going into this year, there's doubts. Here's the thing, though. USC's defense is good this year. I'm telling you, they are good. I get it. You probably have not seen them. Not a lot of reason to watch USC so far when they're playing San Jose State and Nevada. And last week, it was late night against Arizona State. This is the game. We're talking less than seven hours from now. Big Fox, big noon kickoff, Colorado, Boulder, let's go. USC is going to show everyone they are a much improved unit. Here's why. Look at the stats. Again, opponent-wise, is it the most challenging, uh, challenging schedule? No. But the stats are the stats, and this is this. Through four games, USC in the country is tied for first in tackles for loss, third in sacks, and according to stop rate, which is a stat compiled by The Athletic, it's basically when your team's on defense— how many times do they force a punt, 
turnover or turnover on downs. USC in stop rate on defense is 30th in the country. 30th. For reference, last year, that horrendous defense was 105th. So that's over threefold. Three times better so far this year than they were last year. You'll be able to see it, right? When you see it, again, seven hours or so from now, USC, Colorado, Shador Sanders can still light it up. Good, even without Travis Hunter, still a lot of talent on Colorado to put big numbers on the scoreboard. You will see USC's uh, defense. And I'm telling you now, we're going to come out of that game saying, wow, USC's defense, way better than last year. This team is legit. Anyone that tries to poo-poo USC, it's about their bad defense. Not the case this year. You'll see a big statement made by the Trojans defense on Saturday in a few hours from now. If you have missed any part of the show, great news. Check out the podcast, Hick at Night, night spelled N-I-T-E, wherever you do get your pods. The entire four-hour show is uploaded by our tremendous producer, Alex. He's doing a great job tonight. Thank you for your help, Alex. But that way, in case you are late to the show, about to leave and can't finish up, you want to catch up, re-listen, want to listen at your own convenience, that is what the podcast there is for, plus bonus audio as well, all at your listening convenience, all. Hick at night, night spelled N-I-T-E. Check out the pod, subscribe, and get yourself always uh, always up to date. Because also, too, you know the show, right, just once a week um, here on Saturday mornings. Do have a lot of fill-in opportunities as well, including this week, Tuesday, Wednesday, for those listening at home, 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern right here on CBS Sports Radio. That will also, in case you're unable, right, if you have you have a life, right, if you're busy, uh, if you're unable to catch it during that time or catch a little bit of it, those episodes will be uploaded to that podcast feed as well. So no better time than now. Subscribe. Hick at Night Podcast. Night spelled N-I-T-E. All right. We're one month in. Game number five for most teams about to kick off here on Saturday in a few hours. Four games, right, is enough of a sample size. We are one-third of the way through the college football season. And so far, for me, through the first month of the season, I don't think there's been a team more impressive than Ohio State. They had the best win of the college football season last week on the road at number 9 Notre Dame. Don't care that it was ugly. They won the game. Road conference win under their belt as well. Two solid wins so far through the first four weeks of the season. Better than to me anyone else can really argue or say. And what to me makes it so important to recognize is, especially with the AP poll, it really bothers me when you look at Georgia 1 and Michigan 2, is the fact that they have not done anything to earn that ranking so far in this specific season. Right? These rankings are supposed to be what is going on this year. Past history, past accomplishments should not matter, should not influence how you vote for which teams have been the best so far. It is a year-by-year basis. How does this Georgia team look compared to everybody else in college football only with how they played this season? Can't factor in Georgia winning the national title last year. Can't factor in the uh, factor in Georgia winning the national title the year before that. For the preseason polls, absolutely. Use projection. 
use what their success last year and what they got come back this year um, to formulate your rankings. But now, once we get four games under the belt, teams are who they are. And I think there's been at least five teams more impressive right now than what I've seen from Georgia and Michigan. Ohio State one, Oregon two, Washington three, Texas four, Florida State five. Are you with me? And if not, who in your mind has been so far the most impressive college football team through the first month of this season? 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227 at Ryan underscore Hickey and then number three. Thomas is calling from Detroit. What's up, Thomas? Hey, hey top of the morning to you, Ryan. Morning, Thomas. I uh, Just real quick, um... I agree with your top five as far as most impressive right now. Um, I am a Michigan Wolverine fan, but year in and year out, Harbaugh and Michigan, they don't play anybody. And what I would like to see is like the NCAA basketball Mm -hmm. and Izzo, how he comes out and he's playing ranked teams out the gate. Right. You I would like college football to be like that. I would like to see Michigan maybe cross over and play Alabama or Georgia or have some type of tournament, you know, out the gate like that, you know. But, you know, Michigan, they're playing these MAC teams, Bowling Green, and they're trying to build their wins. And it, to me, it doesn't help because when it's time, and if, if they make the playoff, you know, they're getting exposed by these other powerhouse teams. Thomas, I cannot agree more. And as a Penn State alum, I share a similar frustration in the fact that there's not a lot of marquee non-conference games in Preach of the Call Man. And I'm hoping, this is another reason why I'm a big uh, fan of the 12-team college football playoff expansion, is because now with more teams making it, right now it's when it goes next year from 4 to 12, one loss is not doomsday. Hell, two losses, you could still make the college football playoff. So now the fear of a loss... The fear of playing a challenging opponent early in non-conference and getting punished for it, I think that fear is alleviated because now, okay, 12 teams, you can afford a loss. You could afford two losses and still make a 12-team college football playoff. I think that's a good thing because now we could see early on in the season more marquee non-conference matchups. I'm with you, Thomas, on the fact that I I hate these early games that are boring. Penn State played West Virginia Delaware, and they play UMass in a few weeks. Look, I these games, and that's a whole other issue I can, we can get into with college football another time, but why these games are scheduled 10, 12, 15 years in advance is so ridiculous. So Penn State got West Virginia on what is a down year for them and kind of going south under Neil Brown. That could have been a great game three years ago, maybe three years from now. West Virginia is in a totally different spot. But, like, Delaware, UMass, at least one legit, legit challenging game. They've played, you know, that a home-and-home at Auburn, which is fun. And going down there selfishly was an awesome experience. So that's another thing, too, Thomas, just as a fan, to get that experience to go travel, to go to a different environment than you've never been before. Could not say enough nice things about the experience I had going to Auburn last year. So much fun. So cool to be a part of SEC culture. Being a Big Ten guy myself. But that, like... Those matchups you never see, I think, are fun, are good. I believe next year, Texas and Michigan are playing, if I'm not mistaken. So your Wolverines, to your point there, 
are getting a nice matchup, but Alabama-Texas, tremendous. Like more of these non-conference matchups, I think, are really good for college football. I think it's a really, really good thing. But now we're starting to get into conference mode here. Now we're starting to really ratchet up as you get to October. Now this is where we really start to see separation. Like I think right now through the first month of the season, I just gave my top five. But I think any team right now in the AP top 10 can legitimately win a national title. Like This is one of the best things about college football so far this season. It's truly wide open. In years past, you've had a separation. You've had usually at least one, maybe two, maybe, maybe three teams that have separated themselves from everyone else and there's a clear line of delineation of, oh, okay, well, these are the elite teams, Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, you know, they're in there and everyone else is, you know, basically playing for second place. There's not that situation this year. Like, if you look right now at the AP top 10, Georgia clearly can win a national title. Michigan can. I think, honestly, Texas going into Alabama and winning, to me, proved they absolutely can win a national championship. Ohio State can. Florida State can. Penn State, Washington, USC, Oregon. Even Utah. I know Utah just lost on Friday night. They've also been playing their first five games of the year without Cam Rising, their starting quarterback. If Cam can return here soon, I think the Utes could be absolutely a team that could win a national title. But I think I could argue easily, any of the teams in the top 10 right now so far through the first month of the season could win a national championship. That's awesome. That is what, that is, I mean, I'll speak for myself, but I think generally people would agree. That is what we want when it comes to college football parity. A chance. I think it's awful. When you go into a season and, oh, okay, Alabama's going to win, no doubt about it. Oh, okay, Georgia, best team, no one can come close. Oh, Ohio State got the most talent, like no one's on their level. To actually have parity, competition, uncertainty. Right now, as to who can win the national championship, could not could not be more pumped for that. Could not love it more. That is great for the sport and makes now these next two months all that more exciting. All that more exciting. And as a reminder, just remember, you heard it here first, CBS Sports Radio, Ryan Hickey here. USC's defense is good. You'll see it against Colorado. They'll be all over Shador Sanders. They will lock down Colorado's high-flying offense and send a reminder or maybe put the rest of the college football world on notice. Defense is legit. USC is legit. That was the biggest statement made here in week number five. All right. That'll do it for this edition of Hick at Night with Ryan Hickey. Again, make sure you download the podcast, Hick at Night Podcast, night spelled N-I-T-E. A huge thank you to Alex's arm. Did a great job producing the show tonight. Don't go anywhere. Carrington Harrison is up next. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the football. And we'll talk to you on Tuesday and Wednesday, 6 p.m. Eastern and 10 p.m. Eastern. But if not, we'll talk to you next Saturday right here. But where else? CBS Sports Radio.